This is Monty in the Morning, the show Phoenix Magazine readers voted number one talk radio show in Arizona. Number one during your morning commute. Number one whenever news breaks during your day. And number one whenever and wherever you want to talk sports. Now it's time for Monty in the Morning. Hey, yo, man, how the heck are you? It is the Monty Show on what could be a monumental day for the Utah Jazz. Finally. 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 The NBA summer has arrived, which I am super stoked about. We should get some real answers around the NBA today, and I think as we go through this NBA uh, draft talk today, we're going to talk to Lakers, Kyrie Irving. Uh, we're going to obviously talk all about the Utah Jazz and just how impactful they'll be today. And boy, what a day it is for the Utah Jazz. So stick around for that. We got to talk BYU football. Yes, on NBA Draft Day, we get to talk a little BYU football. As yesterday was BYU Media Day, there was some news with Stanford. Get ready for 2031. Neat. We'll talk all about that. And by the way, what would this show be without us talking about food and fast food? Yeah, obviously, you know, we all know who has the best fries, and that's not going to be good old Mickey D's. So, yeah. You know, there is a new ranking of the best French fries in fast food. Mm-hmm. So I'm we, sure there um, is. we shall see. And again, I know, I know we talk a lot of food on this show. Yeah. But we should. Yeah. Absolutely, I, we, should. we should. 100%. Fat. Yeah, so, dude. You know. I'm fat. I want uh, to. James Knight says, sup, lads. James, Hello. good morning, sir. Good to see you. Um, Anish RVP says, your permission from last year made me hate y'all, but now I get it. Your pessimism from last year. Uh, I can't read. Well, you Anish, know, I you mean, know. it's it's really unfortunate. Uh, you know, we were pessimistic, but uh, yeah. not, not by choice for good reason. Not by choice. Good morning, uh, Gene Stream Gamer, Neville 93. How the heck are you? He says, good morning to all the Saudi stooges. Brooks Kepka on the wow. show today. Good to see Saudi you. Stooge. Yeah. Uh, Supa Kwan. Kwan. There was a post on the NBA Updates Facebook page 15 minutes ago saying that Donovan Mitchell doesn't want to play for the Utah Jazz please, anymore. Please, Thanks um, to Yahoo Sports. Please. It's nowhere to be found on the, the Yahoo Sports here page. So good morning to everybody. We appreciate you guys being here. And the question of the day remains, will the Utah Jazz make history today? Because it is a very significant day for the Utah Jazz. I think everybody recognizes that. Um, the NBA draft historically is where some of the best franchises in the history of this league have made their mark, whether that is Pippen, Horace Grant, and Michael Jordan, or Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, and Draymond Green. The NBA draft is critical, but here we sit at 6.30 in the morning on the, the day of the NBA draft, and the Utah Jazz don't have a single pick in this draft. Jake, how busy do you think the Utah Jazz will be today? Yeah, I think they'll be quite busy. I think that the Rudy Gobert trade, uh, in my opinion, again, this isn't sourced information. We haven't heard anything um, on this front, but I think, in my opinion, that that deal will get done today. I, I think that, 
you know, we've heard, we've talked all week about how, you know, the Bulls had to go and make some other things happen to acquire some draft capital to sort of top off the Rudy Gobert trade. That was sort of, you know, our understanding. And I think that that comes to fruition today. I think that that happens. Um, but again, just my opinion. Um, as far as the actual draft and making picks is concerned, I'm not so sure that the Jazz will be super active from that standpoint. I, I think that it really depends on what they're able to work out in this Bulls deal. but I And I also think that Danny Ainge hasn't made, or has made it very clear that the draft is not their number one priority right now. Um, you know, remaking the roster is their number one priority. So I just think for the Utah Jazz, the organization, the Utah Jazz roster, like where they're at right now, I think because they don't have picks uh, in the NBA draft this year, um, I think that their priority has been just to get deals done. And if they can get some picks out of that, great. But ultimately, the the priority needs to be to change this roster, and they're going to do that through trades. Well, and I, I think one of the biggest questions, again, for the Utah Jazz has to be, what's your priority right now? If you're the Utah Jazz, is your priority getting draft picks? Or if you're the Utah Jazz, is your priority remaking the roster of the top eight guys uh, that are going to contribute to this le to this team uh, to the Utah Jazz this coming season. And I would tell you that I think their priority should be remaking their top eight. Here's uh, the game plan. Yeah, I mean, honest to goodness, I think that the Jazz have a really big opportunity today um, to do something that this team's never done. And I think that's really an important point. I think that is an incredibly important point. And that is that you cannot do what this team, the Utah Jazz, have always done. And with all due respect to the Miller family and what the Millers did for this town and for the Utah Jazz and Utah Jazz fans, we can't continue to hope and believe that this Utah Jazz organization can operate the way that it always has because it's always operated in a fashion that has gotten you close but not over the hump. Fast. And going to the NBA Finals is great. Don't get me wrong. Going to, you know, the, the Bulls and the Jazz and all those great series and the history of the Utah Jazz and all of that, that, I mean, it's special, it's unique. I completely agree with that. But it's time to win an NBA championship for the Utah Jazz. It's time to become that franchise that we've all hoped and dreamed for for so long. Is Ryan Smith the right owner of the Utah Jazz to do that? I don't know. I guess we'll find out. But my main point is, I think the Utah Jazz should not be trying to trade for a draft pick today. What the Utah Jazz should be doing is trying to remake their roster today and begin that process by trading Rudy Gobert today, Jake. I think that right there is singularly the most impactful move that this club can make. We're getting somewhere. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And I think that I think that, you know, the the Utah Jazz have progress that they need to make. And I think that it's just one of those things where it's time to, you know, it's the, the talk needs to stop and they need to just make a move. Like, you, you can only go so long with, with without making a move here. And that's why I say, like, again, whether we're talking about the fact that they don't have a lot of leverage in these conversations or the fact that, you know, they, they, they don't have the ability or the desire to wait the entire summer to get this going. Like, that's why I'm saying, like, I think that Danny has been on the phone for the Utah Jazz, working these deals, like, for the last two weeks. I think that's absolutely been the case, and I think it's been a long negotiation, and I think that this could be the culmination of it. Like, hey, 
The Bulls needed to handle some business on their side to get this deal done, to go and get that one extra pick to kind of cherry on top the deal to really solidify and, and cement the value. And that's what I think is going to happen. Honestly, I would be a bit surprised if we heard no you know, Utah Jazz news today, if there just wasn't a single thing yeah. that happened today. And, and I also wouldn't be surprised if the Rudy Gobert deal went down today. That's what I would expect to happen. Honestly, that's what I would expect to happen. Yeah, I, I think I would be surprised if Rudy Gobert wasn't traded today. It's been very quiet, as you would expect. I mean, yesterday was a day where not much happened, although we're going to talk about this Jeremy Grant um, larceny, theft, um, however you want to describe that deal. Right. Uh, we'll talk about that in a minute, but it, it was unsurprisingly quiet yesterday because yesterday is that day where you don't expect much to happen today the day of the NBA draft I think today is the day that you expect the Jazz to make that move you know. because I think the Bulls are yeah I think the Bulls are out there trying to get stuff done but it's a very difficult thing to do it is difficult to go and get draft capital, especially when people know why you're trying to acquire that draft yes. capital. And I think what you're seeing the Chicago Bulls do is be very plotting and methodical. But again, I will tell you, I don't believe, and from what my sources have told me, I don't believe that the Jazz are willing to do a deal with the Bulls that doesn't include Patrick Williams. And the only way that you would be able to get around that is if the Bulls were able to give you you know, three first-round picks, and they're not going to do that for Rudy Gobert. You know, you, you look at what the Bulls are trying to do. They're not trying to start over. They're trying to add to where they were last year and take that step forward because the Bulls are not far from competing at the top of the Eastern Conference. I mean, if you remember back last year, there was a stretch where the Bulls were the number one team in the Eastern Conference. All gas, no break. Well, that might include rim protection, and there's no better rim protection on this planet than Rudy Gobert. I mean, the guy is absolutely the best defensive player in the paint in the NBA, and I don't think it's a stretch to say in the world. And if you're struggling to protect the rim, which the Chicago Bulls are, I think Rudy Gobert's a great fit there. Yeah. But the obvious issues are he makes $41 million, and the Jazz are asking, as they should be, a king's ransom for Rudy Gobert. Yeah. And if you're the Utah Jazz, I think there's something that's very clear here. You cannot sit still. And again, I maintain, and Jake, I know that we've talked a lot about this on the show, yeah. but I maintain that you cannot bring Rudy Gobert back. I think I think the, I'm not saying that any bridges have been burned, that any relationships are bad because they're certainly not. But when you look at the chemistry issues that existed in this locker room last year, my opinion is the best move is you have to remake this roster. And when you have a guy making 23% of your salary cap that is in demand around this league, there's no better option to do that with on this team than than Rudy Gobert. Yeah, and I think it doesn't have really almost anything to do with with Rudy himself. Like I think that the the bigger issue is just the dynamic at play with the guys that are around him. Just the same way it works for Don, it works for Rudy. And I think you know the other thing is is that Don and Rudy don't work together real well either. I mean, we would be probably having a different conversation if these two guys really liked each other uh, and played well together, but they don't, unfortunately. And so now we're here. And so when I say that they can't, they, it's it's not optional to trade him. I don't mean from the standpoint of Rudy did something wrong or like or Rudy is somehow some cancer for this team because he's not. I just think that you know what you have in this current roster. And again, just like you were saying, because he makes 23% of your overall cap, 
I mean, it's just an impactful thing to do to move that money and turn one guy into like five guys or four guys, whatever it ends up being, depending on the picks that they get. So that's why I say like they need to make their dollar go further than it currently is right now. And going further would also include more athleticism, you know, better wing defense, like, you know, all these areas that we've been talking to you guys about for probably what the last six months or so we've been having this conversation, which is literally insane. That's gone by so fast, I feel like. But but that's the thing you have to remember that this isn't just about moving on from Rudy. It's Absolutely. moving on from like how the money's allocated to one guy on your roster. Man, I, I think that's such a good point. And that's why, Jake, not only are you less attractive than me, but you're less intelligent. But that's a really good point. I mean, when you yeah, talk about respect my privacy, you know, you know, uh, <laughs> I kid. Um, it's not a it's not a thing where Rudy Gobert is a bad basketball player. He's not at all. Yeah. Um, and again, we one of the things that we've talked a lot about on this on this show is Rudy's impact defensively. And I saw a bunch of people talking to me on Twitter yesterday about the fact that I said Rudy Gobert is responsible. He plays a big role in the struggles of this Jazz team on the perimeter in defense. And yeah, I do believe that. I think when you're Rudy Gobert and you are as impactful as Rudy is on this club, I, I just don't think that um, you can not wear a lot of the responsibility that comes with being one of the best defensive players in the world. Facts. And for me, Rudy Gobert is a guy that that has a ton of value because he is so prolific defensively. But if we're truth-telling, and again, this show – you know is the truth in Salt Lake Sports Talk. I am telling you that Rudy Gobert, his biggest weakness is his perimeter defense. He is not very good at, at, at defending the pick and roll, especially the three-point shot on the pick and roll. He has struggled to defend guys, whether it is Terrence Mann in the corner, whether it is Christian Wood at the top. He has struggled to defend guys when teams like Dallas – when teams like the Clippers, when teams like Houston, when teams like Minnesota have switched and isolated Rudy Gobert against a guard, Rudy Gobert has struggled to do two things, guard that three-point line and make a quick decision. Mm -hmm. And we've seen that repeatedly over the last two years. Now, is that Rudy's fault necessarily? No. I think Rudy Gobert is being asked to do a lot of things outside of his abilities. And anytime you do that, you're asking for trouble. And I think that's what you've seen with Rudy here. That doesn't mean that Rudy Gobert is a bad player. I'm going to say this again. By, by any stretch of the imagination, this does not mean that Rudy Gobert is a bad player. But yeah. what it does mean is that there's an opportunity to improve your roster and to improve your on-court performance if you're the Utah Jazz, and I think you do that by trading Rudy, adding perimeter defenders a la Patrick Williams, and adding draft capital. And if you're able to do that, you're going to get a player like Patrick Williams from the Bulls. Um, you're going to get a, a, a pick probably at the back end of the first round, which in my opinion is a huge win for them. And if the Utah Jazz are able to do that, I think it's a win-win for everybody. Because again, I will say that that – Sources close to Rudy Gobert have consistently told me he has not now and at no time has he ever asked for a trade away from the Jazz, but he is open to relocation. He is open to a new scenario. And I think if you went to Rudy Gobert today and you said, hey, man, you just got traded to the Chicago Bulls. Your thoughts? Rudy Gobert's answer, in my opinion, would be, Salt Lake City has been great to me. I love it. I will always have a special place, but I'm excited to go to a club that can compete at the top of the Eastern Conference and potentially help them win an NBA championship. Yeah. And that's exactly how Rudy should feel. 
I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Yeah, and I think if you're a Utah Jazz fan, the way you should feel is that is that we're chasing championships here. You know, yes. ultimately, like like I don't care. You know about the name on the back of the jersey. Honestly, if this was a conversation about Donovan Mitchell, I, we would I would I would be criticizing him about his mid range game, about his lack of defense, his yes. lack of leadership. Like I think both of these guys have things that they need to work on, and 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 I think that the trouble is is that and what nobody I feel like nobody likes it when I say this, but the problem is is this is not a big man's league. You've got a couple of bigs that make big impacts because of their athleticism with their frame and their size. But one of those guys isn't Rudy Gobert. That doesn't mean he's a bad player. That doesn't mean he sucks. It's just how how it is. Like, that's just the reality of the situation. And so I think, you know, yeah, did, did Rudy ask for a trade? No, he did not. He, Him or me was complete trash, total lie. That never happened. But if you said to Rudy, hey, we're going to ship you out to Chicago or, you know, Atlanta or whatever the case may be, probably Chicago. But, you know, you, you get what I'm saying. Whatever team it winds up being. Like, if you put him in a good situation, I don't think he's going to say – you know, that he's that he's upset about that. So I just think it's just what needs to happen. It's uncomfortable. Nobody wants to say we want to trade a three-time defensive player of the year guy, but ultimately it's a bad deal. They need to move on from it. And once that happens, you're going to see they're going to get better. And that's what we're all here for. Yeah, interesting question this morning from Jake R. He says, with it being so close to the draft, do you really think a trade will be worked out in time to move Rudy and get picks? Or do you think the Jazz might move other roster pieces to get in? Well, what I, what I think is that trades happen this close to the draft every year. Yeah, I think there's a lot of trades that go down where a team will draft a player knowing that they've traded that pick. So let's say the Bulls and the Jazz make a deal, right? The Bulls are going to draft at whatever spot or whatever pick is traded to the Jazz, or if that is you know some other team's pick, that team will draft with the Jazz direction. They're going to say, hey, we want you to draft Joe Blomey uh, with this pick, and then that pick will be traded to the Utah Jazz so that player becomes uh, property of the Jazz. Not unlike Rudy Gobert, not unlike Donovan Mitchell. When you make trades like this, it is not uncommon um, for those trades to be made, you know, before the draft, executed after the draft, mm -hmm. and having a player picked for that team based on that trade. So, Jake, yeah, I don't think that's any big deal. One round left. What's up with you? Alex Chacon uh, says, do we think Grant trade affects the value of Rudy on the trade market? I don't. I was a little surprised that Jeremy Grant was traded for, for draft picks. I was a little surprised by that. Yeah. I think when you when you look at the value that Jeremy Grant has supposedly had, supposedly, because we've heard all about how many teams have been chasing Jeremy Grant, the Pistons 3-4 uh, combo forward, um, his demand supposedly was very high. But that trade never materialized. And and we, we talked a lot about that at the deadline, that Jeremy Grant was probably that guy that most people thought was going to be moved. Yeah. But that trade didn't go down. So what happens, it goes down in the summer. And I'm not surprised that it's Portland. I, I truly am not, Jake. I think he is a I think he is a very effective running mate for for a guy like like Damian Lillard. Yeah, and I and I think what no one's talking about, and, and the reason this deal got done the way it did, is because Detroit needs picks. Detroit is a team that needs to needs to continue to retool and put guys around Cade Cunningham. You know, that's that's ultimately what Detroit is looking to do. And and by the way, you know, sorry if there's any Detroit Piston fans listening, but I don't think that you got to be a title contender next year. 
I think if you're a Detroit Pistons fan, you're hoping to scratch your way into the postseason. You know, that's what you're hoping for. So that's why I say Jeremy Grant is another guy that's a veteran on a really young team that needs to go. And so that's why he got moved for picks, in my opinion, because Portland's going to say, okay, well, you guys want to be in the draft. We just want to put someone next to Dame that can actually contribute and be a difference maker, you know, that can really help him get to the next level. And I do believe Jeremy Grant can do that because I got news for you. Nurkic hasn't been anything special for Dame. He's been solid, reliable, but he's not been that guy that's like, damn, like when he has the ball, we know great things are going to happen. And I, I also think obviously the broken leg did not help that situation, but I mean, he is, and I would agree with you that that Nurkic is a guy that you would like to upgrade. So yeah. yeah, I I don't I don't think that is I don't think that's surprising at all. But the thing that it it, it tells you is is that there's perimeter guys with length out there that are available, and unfortunately, the lack of draft capital for the Utah Jazz probably prevented them from acquiring Jeremy Grant. Um, or a guy of that caliber. I mean, there's guys out there. Harrison Barnes is a name that most people think is available and 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 could be had. Now, do the Jazz have the the goods to make that happen? Probably not in a one for one deal. That would probably have to be a situ- situation where a third team was involved so that the Sacramento Kings get draft capital. Out Did of you it. make the Bulls trade before you tried to go and get Harrison Barnes? That'll tell you everything you need to know. That's a great question. You know what I mean? And that's why I say, like, there's incentive to get the deal done. When we talk about, hey, will deals get done tonight for the Utah Jazz? I wouldn't be surprised if uh, if the Rudy thing got done. No, neither would because I. Because that gives the Jazz something to work with here. I, I can't express this enough that, that right now they just don't have a lot to work with, you know, as far as, like, having picks and, like, having guys you can move. And, like, right now the Jazz are calling people and saying, hey, we want to move Rudy Gobert. Here's what we're asking for. You know, let us know. That's essentially what they're saying. They're not able to say, hey, we want to move Rudy Gobert and we're willing to include our second round pick in 2081. You know, they can't even say 2081. that. 2081. You know what I mean? Like, they can't even say I'm that. I'm sorry. Who's the projected first number one overall pick in 2081? I don't please? know, bro. I have no idea. <laughs> um, I have great. no idea, bro. How about one round left's comment? Bulls Jazz final would be icing on the cake for this upcoming season. My um, God. If the Bulls make a Rudy Gobert trade and then the Bulls and the Jazz wind up in the NBA finals, good night. Could you imagine that? Be great. That would be great. Would the trade be worth it for Jazz fans because now you're in the NBA finals? Can you imagine Don going to the rack trying to throw down on Rudy? Who wins that battle? Like, oh my God. I can't even. I, I can't even. Give it I to can't me, even man. Imagine I want it. That. I want it. Oh, that would be. I want it. Jazz fans would be would I be so thirsty for that. Are you Are you kidding me? My God. Uh, Anish says, "What about moving Bogey and Conley for wing length guy?" Well, the question is, if you're thinking about trading Bogey and Conley in the same deal, I mean, obviously those are two aging players. Um, and the question is, who's going to give up a young length, a young wing with length to get two aging players? I mean, is that is that a deal that could be done with a Miami for a Tyler Hero and a Duncan Robinson? I don't know. Is that to that's me not that's a deal not enough I value? Yeah, I, I I don't think that's a deal that I would do if I'm obviously the not. Yeah, I mean obviously not. Yeah. Um, it that that's a big question though. Um, MC Season says, uh, what do you think the percentage is that Jazz Bulls seal a deal? Um, you know that's really hard to measure. I I uh, you know Monday I'd have told you eighty five fifteen. Don't lie to me. Today I feel like I feel like you know we're probably somewhere in the in the 70 30 range. Are we clear on that? I, I think 
today's the day that it's going to happen. If it, if that deal's going to go down, I think there is no more value than there will be today. I, I, I just think with the Utah Jazz and their needs, I think today is that day. Yeah. Good morning, uh, Rudy Sanchez says, what's up? Uh, Sean Mirosinski says, if I was offered one pick for him, though, especially at 25 first, I'd hang up instantly. I'd want multiple first, preferably earlier than 25. Yeah, you would love yeah, to get that. But the problem is, I think we would all love that. The problem with that logic is, is that no team needs to do that to get Rudy Gobert. No. They, they, the jazz, you need to understand, the Jazz are over a barrel here. Like, I hope people get this. Like, you know, they're, they're not in a position to dictate to these teams and say, hey, you need to give us another pick. They're not in that position. And anybody negotiating with the Utah Jazz who isn't leveraging them and saying, hey, we know that you guys are basically maxed on your cap. You don't have picks right now. Like anybody who is not leveraging the Jazz in that way is doing it wrong, frankly, just from a business negotiation standpoint. That's exactly how I'd be having the conversation with Danny Ainge. And I think that, I think that you know, the, the, the Utah Jazz need to get this deal done simply to get the ball rolling on the rest of the season so that you can start moving the Conleys of the world and the Bogies of the world. And really, frankly, even the Royce O'Neals of the world. You know, these guys, you got to get it going because you want to get this roster solidified. Don't forget about the head coaching search. And then, you know, you're right into camp. So, it, you know, that's why it's so important to get this deal done tonight. Yep, totally agree with that. Uh, James Knight uh, says, love to see Aussie Dyson Daniels projected to go top 10. He is projected to go to uh, Indiana, and he's a big dude. I mean, that's a 6'8", 195 guy that I think once he is surrounded by better talent, um, Dyson Daniels becomes a much better player. Yeah. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see uh, how that works. Um, BB says, let's go, Jazz. Hope they make some moves. Is that what most people are hoping for? I mean, I, I I think one of the biggest questions is, what do you believe about this Utah Jazz team? And I and I, I know this is not the easiest conversation to have, but is this team still the team that is the Miller family and and selling cars instead of winning games? Or is this Ryan Smith putting finally, finally putting his stamp on this team? And I think one of the biggest questions this week after the jersey reveal and and leading up to this draft is, do Utah Jazz fans truly trust Ryan Smith? I want to, better fucking execution. Well, you do want better execution. And, and I think the question is, do you believe that Ryan Smith will do what's best for the Utah Jazz? Or will what Ryan Smith ultimately do what's best to sell jerseys and make money? And I think that's a big question. I mean, this is a guy that is not used to losing money. This is a guy who's used to making money. You don't get become a billionaire by losing money, right? So, and I don't have any problem personally with making money. I think making money makes the world go round. You didn't buy an NBA franchise as a as a profit and loss statement. To me, you bought an NBA franchise to stroke your ego, to win games, to well win said. to win championships. I mean, this is a franchise that has a fan base that is thirsty. There's no thirstier fan base. Nah, maybe Sacramento, but there's no thirstier fan base than this Utah Jazz fan base. And that's why I say I think one of the big questions that has to be answered right now is, is this version of the Utah Jazz owned by Ryan Smith any different than the, the, the previous incarnation owned by the Miller family especially post-LHM, post that run that got you to the Bulls, post Stockton and Malone, if you will, is this organization, the the current version of the Utah Jazz, any different 
than Gail Miller's Utah Jazz teams? The answer is I don't know, and the proof will be in the pudding. Action is going to determine the answer to that question, Jake, and, and I think it is one that you have to get because, again, not to be redundant, you can't keep doing the things you've always done. Yeah, and I think that, I, I, I look, I think that, you know, I, I was not a big fan of how they rolled out these jerseys. I was not a big fan of how the UFC press conference was handled, uh, you know, or the uh, lack of a conversation around, you know, the community and like what, what the Utah Jazz specifically can do. We heard a lot of, hey, the community is going to be at Vivint and, you know, that's kind of what our focus is. And I just would have loved to see more more out of that out of the the jersey rollout. Yeah. And I think when we talk about is this Gail Miller's team, uh, you know, basically the same the same you know version of it, just a different owner, or is Ryan Smith going to do things differently? I think that remains to be seen as well. But the thing is, is he has a choice here, and I think that that that's again going back to that question, which I think has been the best question so far: Will they trade Rudy Gobert today in the NBA draft? That that the answer to that question that we get. When it's all said and done tonight, will tell me everything I need to know about Ryan Smith and and how just how damn much he wants to win a championship. Because if you want to win yep. a championship, you're gonna get a deal done tonight, and then you're gonna use that momentum to trade Mike Conley and Boyan Bogdanovich for younger guys. Yep. If you want to win a championship, Chris Trost uh, on YouTube says, "Is getting Patrick Williams a must in a deal with Chicago?" Yes, it is. In my opinion, in my opinion, I think. If you simply take the trade that so many Bulls fans have thrown out there, which is Kobe White, uh, Nikola Vucevic in a, in a first-round pick, I just don't think there's a tremendous amount of value in that for the Jazz. Um, yeah, you get a one-year deal in, in Vucevic, and you get a young point guard that has tremendous upside. But one of the questions that I think a lot of Jazz fans are struggling with is, have the Utah Jazz done a good job developing talent? Mm -hmm. And you said yesterday on the show when you lit the entire Jazz Nation on fire, yeah. when you said that they don't develop talent. What do you mean by that? Why do you yeah. say that? I don't, I don't think that the Jazz have done a great job over the years developing talent. I mean, look no further than... You know, the Dante Exums of the world. Look no further than the Rodney Hoods of the world. Like, you have a lot of guys in the past that you haven't developed. And, and everybody in the comments yesterday was saying, oh, well, you know, they've developed Rudy and Don. Have they really developed Rudy and Don? Would Rudy Gobert have have been a three-time defensive player of the year if, he, if he'd have been with the Warriors? Yeah, probably. Would he have been a three-time defensive player of the year if he had been with the Bucks? Yeah, probably. In my opinion. Because look at what those two organizations do. Are you really telling me that that the Jazz are developing talent on the level of other organizations in the league? I don't think so. And that's why I'm saying, like, yeah, sure, Don has developed a little bit, but he's done most of that developing with Chris Brickley, with all due respect. He's done he's done most of his work outside of the season. You're not seeing like huge improvements in season or like, you know, any sort of development or or anything in these guys' game while they're with the Utah Jazz. So Forgive me if you think I'm being too hard on them, but like I just don't see some huge development piece happening. You know, like, and by the no. way, if the Utah Jazz were so good at developing people, why would they not have mandated that Rudy Gobert develop some sense of an individual offensive game? Just anything. I'm not even saying it's got to be some polished, like, you know, Kobe fadeaway off the block. Like, I'm not even saying that. I'm saying be able to rotate 180 degrees with your right hand, the ball in your right hand, and make a hook shot. Like, make a push well, shot. I, I think, do the Utah Jazz develop players? Dante Exum is perhaps the greatest example of this because 
and I know that James Knight is probably going to smash beer cans on his head when we say this, but Dante Exum was a complete bust. Yeah. I mean, he's a guy that that when you look at who was drafted around him and you look at what you ultimately got from Dante Exum, that's a guy that you wish you had gotten more out of. And sadly, I mean, there are so many guys littered through Utah Jazz draft history just like that, who you picked, whether it's Rodney Hood, whether it's, I mean, you pick the guy. There's so many guys that you drafted and you missed on, whether that's Luca, whether that's Devin Booker's a really good example that comes to mind. I mean, there's just so many guys that coulda, shoulda, woulda, but never got a chance to wear the note. Jared right? Butler. And then you, well, and Jared Butler's another one that I, that I would directly point to. I mean, I think this is why Will Hardy or, you know, one of these other young coaches, and, and from what I understand, the Jazz are very high on Will Hardy. I think Will Hardy's a guy that 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 is going to compete very closely with Johnny Bryant for this job. Um, and I, I say that because you need a guy to come in here and, and put player development number one. And Danny Ainge understands how to develop talent. He knows how to build a talent development department that will further your assets. That's what this team needs. Because when you look at the guys that are currently on this roster, Rudy Gobert is developed to a point. There is no doubt that Rudy Gobert is a prolific defensive player in this league. No doubt about that. And the Jazz deserve credit for that. They also deserve credit for the fact that he is unable to operate in the paint offensively. He is one of the lowest rated players in efficiency in the paint, which is amazing to me. And the fact that his highest best use is a lob for a dunk is a real problem. And we could keep throwing out the fact that he shoots 70%. I don't care if he shoots 90%. The fact of the matter is those are dunks. I need a guy in today's 2022-2023 NBA world who can give me a push shot, who can bounce the basketball without turning it over. That is certainly the responsibility of Rudy Gobert, but it is also certainly the responsibility of the Utah Jazz. And for all of the things that Donovan Mitchell does that are wonderful, he has not developed past the point of summer work, and that's on the Utah Jazz. Part of this is we live in an era where we had this major thing that YouTube doesn't let us talk about anymore, mm -hmm. where you played in the bubble and you missed a bunch of games, and so practice time has become a premium. You just don't get full practice. You just don't get development time like you used to. But you've got to, at some point, own the fact that the Jazz have missed more than they've hit on draft picks. You've got to own the fact that the Jazz have not put the proper resources into developing guys like Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell. Thanks. And again, I ask, is this organization any different under Ryan Smith than it was under Gail Miller? Because that's ultimately where we get the answer What's been the to this question. What's been the difference so far? It's been two years. Well, not much. And if we're truth-telling, which is what we say we do on this show, the difference is Ryan Smith has, it came in with a bang and it has been bust. Ryan Smith has not had much to, to and, crow about. And even if you throw out the first year, like, hey, the first year was like the warm-up year. You know, I'm just getting my feet wet. I'm just kind of getting settled in the organization. All right, throw out the first year. Totally cool with that. But then this year, what was this year? You know, yeah. he's more than comfortable in his role. This year was, hey, I'm going to bring Danny Ainge in and hand him the keys to the organization. That's what this year was. That's what I've heard repeatedly out of Ryan Smith. And again, I'm not making assumptions. I'm going off of what Ryan is telling the media and telling the public in the very few opportunities and the very few questions that are asked of him. He has said repeatedly, 
Danny Ainge is driving the driving the bus, man. I've given him the keys. His exact words were something like, you know, hey, you, you, I hire the best and let them do their job. Okay, great. But what happens then if it doesn't work out or or it doesn't go the direction you want? Is that on Danny Ainge or is that on Ryan Smith if you're a Jazz fan? So that's why I say, like, that's why tonight is so important, man. The Utah Jazz Massive. have to Massive. do something in the freaking 2022 NBA draft, bro. A lot of teams are getting better tonight. Will the Utah Jazz get better tonight? I really hope so. It's a big question. Uh, Gavin Rasmussen. Hello. Looks like Spurs are shopping Deontay Murray. I think there's a possible deal for the Jazz. I do not. I, I would that, love there to be, but oh, probably man. not. That, oh, I mean, that man. would be that would be that's a guy that I'd be really excited about. That's a guy I would trade Donovan Mitchell for. Yeah, I would move Donovan Mitchell to get uh, Dejounte Murray. There's no no doubt in my mind about that. Uh, Alex Chacon says Trey Burke, another example of a failing to develop talent. Yeah, absolutely well right. You know, like I just that's what I mean. Like people can be pissed, but it's just it's just the truth of the matter. Like the Jazz are not elite at developing people. They're just. It's not where they are yet. And I, yeah. and I really hope you're right. Listen, I want to make it clear. I hope they get better at it, man. I'm tired. Frankly, I'm so sick and tired of having the Rudy Gobert conversation. I'm so sick and tired of talking about them not being able to develop people and struggling and, like, you know, getting bounced out of the postseason in the bubble by the Nuggets and, and then getting bounced by Dallas in the first round. Like, it just gets tiring. Like, you got to take this next step as an organization, whether we're talking – uniform rollouts and all the the lack of social media you did on it or we're talking about making trades and making sure your salary cap is correct so you're not paying luxury tax and not winning it's cool to pay luxury tax when you're winning the warriors do it every year but you can't pay luxury tax when you're not winning yep i agree havoc says what do you think is the jazz biggest barrier in trading a three players but still contending i don't know if it's possible i i think it is possible i think you know, that's a great question, by the way, Havoc. And I think the answer is the biggest barrier to contention will be their perceptions of what they have to get in return. Mm -hmm. Because the, the physical execution of the trade is unlikely, unlikely, because I believe I put a high level of belief in Danny Ainge. If you're trading three players, you're getting a lot of assets in return, one would think. Yeah. If you trade Rudy Gobert and you bring in Voos, Patrick Williams in a draft pick, you're already a better team. You're already a better team. Mm -hmm. Nikola Vucevic makes you a better team. Patrick Williams backstopping that trade makes you a significantly better uh, perimeter defensive team. If you're able to hang on to bogey, I'm a big fan of that. But your mental perception, it's what's going to keep you from realizing the reality you're hoping for. And so that's why it takes big balls to make big trades. Mm -hmm. You know, there you have to have the courage. If you're a guy like Danny Ainge, and if you're a guy like Ryan Smith, you've got to have a, the courage to trade Rudy Gobert. And when I woke up this morning, I was feeling pretty dangerous. But the question is, does Ryan Smith feel dangerous today? And the answer is probably not. Uh -huh. uh, you know, like, and not to be pessimistic, but I mean, Ryan Smith to this point has not shown me that he's got the cojones to do what you got to do. But but seriously, on that front, I think this is I'm glad you brought this up. Do you think that Ryan Smith is super involved in the draft tonight? Do like do you think he's he's sitting next to Danny oh. while Danny does his thing? Do you think he's in the bit like I would guess he's in the building, but like I don't I don't know and this is what I mean. I'm I'm not trying to be 
Mr. Negative about it or like be that person. But but I I really I mean tell me if I'm wrong, please. Like I would love some people to 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 give me their opinion on this in the comments. Do you think that Ryan Smith is super involved tonight? Do you think he's in the same office as Danny while Danny's doing his thing? Like do you think he's there? I have some reservations about that. I don't know if he's there or not. That's and that's me just genuinely giving you my thoughts. I like no narrative behind it, no nothing. I for me personally, the way I feel about it is I'm not sure that he's actually there tonight while Danny does his work. I would definitely be there if I was Ryan Smith, but I don't know if he's I there. I think he will be there. I think I, I think Ryan Smith will be there. I think he's a guy that um he's somebody that I think knows when to, to be there and when not. I, I think one of the things that I got out of that presser the other day was that Ryan Smith understands what he doesn't understand. He hired basketball guys to do the basketballing. And I think Ryan Smith is smart enough that, yeah, he'll be in the room. He'll be a voice at the table. He yeah. won't be the voice at the table. I think that's Danny Ainge. And I, I think you don't hire a guy like Danny Ainge to then walk in the room and put your thumb on the guy. You think Dwayne Wade's there? I don't know. You know, he's kind of been around the world doing his fashionista thing. Yeah. Um, Which hasn't exactly been received well by the fan base, by the way. I don't know. <laughs> a you lot know, of haters I, on you that. You know what? Dude, I'm so over the conspiracy theory, Dwayne Wade's girlfriend's wife's mom's cousin's daughter's friend designed the jazz uniform. Like, I don't care. They suck. You know who designed him? Ryan Smith designed him because yeah. he's the owner. The buck stops at Ryan Smith, right? Yeah. Like, I don't care who actually approved, who, who actually designed the uniform. Ryan yeah. Smith approved him. And so for my money, I don't care if Dwayne Wade had a hand in it. Ryan Smith approved him. I don't care what they do tonight. I'm going to judge Ryan Smith on what they do tonight because he's the owner. The yeah. buck stops at Ryan Smith, right? You brought in a guy like Danny Ainge. Danny Ainge is going to do Danny Ainge. There, there is, there is no doubt about that. If you felt these balls. Yeah, exactly. Uh, she son says trade Gobert to the bulls for Vuce and Kobe white. Not happening. No, it's not, not enough. Happening. I agree. It's, it's not enough. It's not enough. That's just not enough. One round left says our development is really hit or miss. Neither Ty Corbin or Quinn really liked to run rooks. No, they didn't. I think that's yeah, another an excellent important point. factor. That is see, an excellent point. And see, it's an excellent point. And I think, you know, again, the Danny Ainge thing, hopefully Danny Ainge prioritizes that. Cause you're seeing, you're seeing the benefit of it in Tatum and Brown. You know, yeah. you're seeing that directly. I totally agree with that. Uh, Cade Kristlieb says, no, I think Ryan Smith is too busy talking about a weird UFC fight at the Viv. Ouch. But Woo! do you see what I mean? My goodness. Like, I, and again, I, that's, that's what I'm saying. Like, I think the fan, <clears throat> excuse me, I think the fan sentiment right now is Man. not super positive. Like, I think that people are a little frustrated with how the jersey thing Woo! went down. They're frustrated that the purple jersey specifically was essentially a, an insurance policy because nobody liked the new uniforms. And they're frustrated that Ryan Smith is doing appearances with Dana White in front of a brick fireplace talking about guaranteeing selling out the Viv for a UFC event instead of guaranteeing it's going to sell out for the Jazz in their new threads on the new court in a postseason game. That's what I think fans are frustrated about. And again, yeah. I would love to hear your guys' opinion on this because I want to know, like, how do you guys feel about this? I think it's a, it's one of the most important aspects of what's going on with the Jazz right now. Like, regardless of what happens in the draft tonight, like, like whether they do the deal or don't do the deal or whatever, and we'll talk about it tomorrow, obviously, but regardless of what happens with that, how do you feel about Ryan Smith when the season begins? That's what I'm waiting for. That is that's a that is a big question. You know, like I I think you're looking at a situation where 
Guys will be defined tonight. Damn right. Guys will be defined tonight. Ryan Smith will be defined as an owner. Danny Ainge will be defined as a CEO. I want more. Justin Zanuck will be defined as a general manager. And I think when you look at when you look at the moves that are ahead of this club and and you begin to realize how substantial, how substantial these moves will be, I think you have to understand that there's going to come a point where the continued, I don't know if failure is the right word, but the continued lack of action leading to on-court success is going to become too much for certain Jazz fans to handle. Mm -hmm. And I think already, and we can spin the way Ryan Smith spun and said that, well, when fans walk into the team store, they're buying the yellow shirt. Well, I disagree with that. I think that, that perception is always reality. The perception is that Ryan Smith hasn't won a whole lot since he walked in the front door. <coughs> Frankly, since he bought the front door. Mm -hmm. He's not won a whole lot. And whether that is on the court, whether that is, you know, any of the the Mike Conley contract, the Rudy contract, the Don extension, what has really worked here since he he got involved? Yeah. You know, saying that that Joe Ingles isn't going to be traded and then what everybody knew, Joe Ingles was getting traded. Mm -hmm. And you look at this summer, this summer has to be the beginning of something new. This summer has to be better than your uniform rollout was. Razzle dazzle. Yeah. This this draft, these trades, this roster, your next coach, early results before the All-Star game leading into what could be one of the first crown jewels in your ownership time. Yeah, dude. The NBA All-Star game in Salt Lake City, it has to go well. And I don't know that Ryan Smith really appreciates that right now. Yeah. I don't know that Ryan Smith really understands that the Utah Jazz are in an incredibly important time. And I, I, I don't know. I, maybe I'm naive. I, and I'm open to the fact that I'm naive. Maybe this is all they're thinking about. Maybe. But I don't know if this is all they're thinking about. I just think about. it's really tough when you're an owner, when you're a new owner two years in, you know, because again, I, I want to keep emphasizing that he's two years in. And I even write off the first year, as I was saying, first year, warm up year. Okay, cool. I'm not going to hold you accountable to anything that happened outside of contractual stuff because that's a numbers yeah. game, you know? But like, I think that, that Ryan Smith is the guy, what he's doing is he's saying, okay, I hired Danny Ainge to do the basketballing, and then I'm going to keep doing the business part. But the problem is with that, if you're not winning and you're not getting wins in the basketball department, your jersey releases, like the, the money side of the organization in terms of like the connection to fans has to be on point. Like, like it's got to be really good so you can get those wins and so the fan base can feel some positivity so that you're getting the new jersey you know all over the place in 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 the greater salt lake area you know i want to see like i want to see frankly i want to see the new utah jazz journey jersey down south in utah county i want to see the new jazz jersey up in park city i want to see it around the valley but you're not going to see that right now because of the way it's handled so again i don't want to be too negative i just I just think tonight is a huge moment in time for Ryan Smith as the owner of the Utah Jazz. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. Noah Francis, good morning to you. Thank you for the $2 tip. Appreciate it. He says, fellas, looking great today. Love the new setup. Hey, you know what? We have spent... 10 I mean, Gs. It, it, it it's is. probably it's 10, 10 grand. Yeah. It's, it, our, we have really spent a significant amount of money. If you're new to this show, and I know we have a lot of new listeners to this show we have really worked hard to upgrade our product. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of stuff coming, by the way, in the pipeline 
Um, people miring. Yeah, people are miring, apparently. As we get through this summer, you're going to see that there's a lot of upgrading coming. We're getting somewhere. Um, and it's just the beginning. We've added a significant amount of new equipment so that you have you know, three cameras. And, and so you can see me and you can see Jake and you can see both of us. And Mrs. You know, Monty, like, by the way, by the way, Mrs. Yeah. Monty has made her appearance on camera for the first time this week. Yeah. We've added a new mixer. We've tried to fix sound. Yeah, And like, let us know, let us know. Uh, the sound today should be really, really crispy. It should be. We tested it last night. We're going to get to that later in the show, but let us know. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, obviously he just said it sounded good. So I'm glad to hear that, but let us know what you think. We'd love to hear your thoughts on yeah, it. Yeah, and there's a there is a thousand dollar piece of equipment sitting right here that is brand new. Yeah, like, it's a rocket ship and stuff, you know. Don't what believe it. I do. When people say, "Oh man, it's plug and play," no, it's not. That's a lie. Let's consult the douche meter. Noah Francis, we appreciate you. Big shout out for the $2 tip. If you want to tip us, there is a dollar sign right below the chat box. You click on that dollar sign. You donate your cash. It goes straight into things like new equipment. Yes. Um, so we appreciate you supporting the By the way, the we're show. giving away a PlayStation 5. I was just going to say, um, for those of you who don't know, we are giving away a PlayStation 5 on this show when we get to 5,000 subscribers. Uh, and very we, close. And we are at 4864. We're very close. Dude, we were... By the wow. way, I just want to point this out. And this is a credit to you guys. And, and I'm not trying to do the whole corny, like, wow. thanks for listening thing. But I, I, I feel obligated to say this at this point. Yesterday on the show, I believe we were at 4817 to start the show. Yeah. And today, what did you say? 4864. 48... I mean, that's... Uh, I'm not a math major, but that's a lot of new subs in one day. And I really appreciate that. Wow. We really appreciate that. Thank you for supporting the show. Um, that means we're just 36 subscribers away now, or 136, excuse me. Yes. Subscribers away from giving away a PlayStation 5. We've already given away one. Uh, we sent it to the Philippines. Um, Corey Grocock got an Xbox Series uh, X. Um, we've given away a TV and, and Disney Plus. Like, we really try to Tanner get Tanner Plummer got a Series X as well. He did. That's right. Good old. Where's Tanner Plummer today? I don't know. He's being a casual See, probably. Tanner, Tanner, we miss you, man. Yeah, he's being a casual We absolutely today. miss yeah, you. casual. Um, but yeah, we, uh, yeah, we appreciate you guys supporting the show. Uh, Mr. E says, sound is really perfect, guys. Appreciate that. Yeah. James Knight says, Jake's backdrop looks better than your side, Monty. Time to declutter, dude. Well, I, I think he means like the shelf with all of my awards Yeah, well, the stuff. backdrop is something that is an evolving... Well, it's much like, you know, what Ryan Smith said, right? I mean, the jerseys are ever-evolving. They change every five years. Yeah. Maybe we'll put something new on the shelf five years from now, you know? Yep. Gabe Ledley says, weird thing is audio has sounded better live than watching back after the fact. Well... Gabe, that's why we spent a G right here on this this mixer that we just upgraded. This is a a Rodecaster Pro 2. It is literally the newest thing. It's about a week old. They just released it. Mm -hmm. Um because we were having sound issues and the the post show recording and we were having a lot of technical issues when you the balls you'll ever get. Yeah, when you upgrade new equipment and you spend thousands of dollars on a rocket ship and your Elon Musk and the put thing it crashes this back to earth, it sucks. You can't buy just one. You know when you get new tires, you can't just buy one new tire, right? That's right. They make you get the whole set. That's right. That's what we've been going through lately. We had yeah. to buy four new tires, essentially. Yeah, well, so we did that. And we've got totally a bunch clean, of... Methodical and we've tested it. <laughs> Frankly, I had a childlike meltdown last night. But we tested it. We got it set up. I'm going to get medieval on so, your ass. So, you know... You know, yeah. Uh, James Knight says, I have no hope you mofos won't ship down here again after the Grocock debacle. 
Well, I mean, I don't, just, was I mean, it, it a only, debacle? It, it only took three weeks and $100 to get, you know, to like oh, get man. it to them, dude. Nah, we'll ship worldwide. Yeah, it's dude. all good. James, on the other hand, won't ship Forex Gold yeah. beer worldwide because he owes us a, a, a case of Forex Gold. Yeah. Which yes, is still, which you still yes, haven't paid off. Did. Come on, James. Let's go. Yeah. Come on. You know. Neville 93 says, this is the show I have always waited for every morning. I love that stuff that you guys talk about in the real thing. Don't ever become fake like the TV show. Keep it up, guys. Thank you. Appreciate that. Yes, sir. Uh, Alex Chacon says, this really is the only good show to come to for jazz news. Everyone else is unwatchable. Everybody works Well, and on. I think, you know, and again, and, you know, we're going we're gonna to get to Kyrie to LeBron here in a minute. But um, I, I, what I would say about that is that, we have the opportunity to not be biased, to not have to be biased. Like we're yes. not married to anybody in the Valley and that's the beautiful we thing about it. We don't work for anybody. We're not paid by yeah. any of the teams. You know? We are not affiliated with any of the teams. And so. that's that's why we kind of share stuff like, hey, we had to buy all this new stuff or like we really appreciate the tips because that really goes to upgrading to new cameras. Like these cameras we have, like I need you guys to understand, these are like really, really like nice cameras. And it's worth it. We see the quality go up, and that's why we do it. That's why we do the giveaways. We upgrade the equipment. Like that's, that's why we're why trying we to do it. That's why we spend thousands of dollars yeah. of shoes on the you wall. Know, well, no, like, I spend thousands of dollars on shoes because I'm an, an addict. But that's why you see all the stuff that we're doing. And yeah. yeah, maybe maybe it is time for me to declutter, and you'll see the set will change. But uh, Alex Chacon says uh, everyone else is unwatchable. Appreciate that, my friend. Yeah, thanks. Um, says facts. The sound sounds great today. That's great to hear. Yeah, Appreciate that's really that. great to hear. Everyone here, create a secondary YouTube account and subscribe. I want that PS5, Jake. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. Uh, you know. Hey, um, man, I'm not going to comment on all the ways you can connive to get the new PlayStation we're I'm rolling out. But, you know, you know. Yeah, yeah you know. Uh, came from the bottom says just subscribe to your guys's page I watch every morning keep up the good work thank you thank you uh, you guys are the best uh, Kyle Kern says thank you Kyle uh, Hull Bully says the show is definitely the best jazz podcast David Locke is a headache and half the rest aren't worth the time David Locke it, it's tough for David because he works for the club you got to keep that in mind as yeah. well um, so yeah, appreciate you. Any tip that you send to this show, trust me, it goes into new equipment. So if you'd like to donate, please, if not, thanks for being here. Give us a thumbs up, whether you donate money or not, please give us a thumbs up like this show. It does help the show travel. It helps the show grow. Let's talk about Kyrie Irving, because I think this is one of the biggest stories today. Kyrie Irving is supposedly at an impasse with the Brooklyn Nets and he will be traded um, supposedly, allegedly, allegedly, Kyrie Irving will not play beyond right now for the Brooklyn Nets. And there's a lot of questions around that. Kyrie Irving has a massive player option. He has a week or so left to opt into that player option. And the question is, what will he do? Because he wants to play. And, and we, we, and I take credit for this. And this is another thing. If you listen to the show, we try not to it's do it too much. It's all on YouTube. You can go find it. It's all on YouTube. And on my Twitter feed, The Monty Show, M-O-N-T-Y, The Monty Show. Yeah. But we reported first the other day that Kyrie Irving wants to play for Miami or the L.A. Lakers. And it looks like the L.A. Lakers are, are trying to make that happen. LeBron and Kyrie, as I was told this week, their relationship is just fine. And the Lakers would like to add Kyrie, but the issue is Kyrie is going to be a thirty mid, mid to high 30s, low 40s player next year. And if he opts into that player option, what does that do for the Lakers? Well, it makes it more difficult to trade for him. Would Brooklyn take Russell Westbrook in return? Probably not. Um, if he opts out of his player option, 
How much money is he going to earn from the Lakers? Well, it would be less than $7 million a year. Right. And considering the fact that Kyrie Irving gave away 42, I think $22 million last year, not playing at home because of because the thing. Because of the thing that we're that not we can't allowed talk to about talk about on YouTube, YouTube stuff. Yeah. So, Jake, I guess ultimately the question is here, where do you think Kyrie Irving ends up? Yeah, I think I, I think he ends up in Los Angeles. But what, what, what I really want to say is I think it's incredible that Kyrie Irving is at a, quote, impasse with the Brooklyn Nets. Kyrie Irving has no right to be at an impasse with anybody. And and I would tell you that, that I, I again, I've been really strong on this. I wouldn't have Kyrie Irving on my team. Uh, I think if you're the Lakers, because of the money situation – and again, frankly, because of the lack of success, you're being put in a position to consider moving, you know, Anthony Davis. That's something that's on the radar. It's been talked about. You know, you're 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 in a position where you're you're basically like like Darvin Ham saying that that Russell Westbrook still has a lot left in the tank and that people are just hating on him. Well, people are hating on him because of the way he shoots and how bad it looks, right? Like like how bad last season went. So I just think that you're basically talking about moving on from Russell Westbrook to get to a guy in Kyrie Irving who over the last, I think, three seasons has missed like 123 games or whatever it is. It just doesn't seem that worth it to me. On the flip side, the thing that I think justifies it is that Kyrie Irving and LeBron James obviously won a championship together in Cleveland with less than what the Lakers have already. So theoretically, if you could put LeBron... Anthony Davis and Kyrie Irving together, you'd feel pretty good about that. The only problem with that is Anthony Davis misses more time than pretty much any player I know. Anthony Street closed. Like Dana. the guy is the guy rides the bench more than anybody <laughs> else I know. And and again, I'm not trying to hate on Buddy, but it's the truth. Like how often can we re- like honestly, in your opinion, how often can you really count on Anthony Davis to be there? He's hit one big shot in his yeah, career. Not a lot. I mean, I, I don't think you count on him. I really don't. Jake R., good morning to you again. Uh, he says, thought I'd throw you guys a Lincoln. Seriously, love your show. Appreciate that. Big Dog Thanks, O-Town bro. also throws us a, a Lincoln, a $5 right, let me, let, let, me go and, let me go and get Big Town O-Dog's uh, drop here. Shout out to Mobamba. Big Dog O-Town. Yeah, there uh, we go. Need the Jazz to lift my spirits after two deaths in Ravens flock, Syracuse and Ferguson. Let's bro. go, Danny. Yeah, yeah how about Sad Tony days, Syracuse dude. yesterday? Sad days. One of my favorite memories of Tony Siragusa was him coming to Fox Sports um, and just making everybody laugh. Standing in the avocado room at the Fox Sports <laughs> building, it was not the green room, the avocado room. Uh, Tony Siragusa had, um, it was Tony Siragusa, on a Sunday, Tony Siragusa, I want to say like Dave Matthews, Vince Neal from Motley Crue, all the Fox NFL yeah, guys. Just Vince Neal. You know, like standing around the avocado room laughing with Tony Siragusa. You know. Um, like it was it was awesome. It was really it was great. He was so, a great human, man. Yeah, just really great difficult human. to see. Um, you know, really difficult to see that news yesterday. So big dog, uh, we are definitely feeling you on that one. Uh Jeremy Bolton says, Sup everyone. JB, good to see you, my friend. Uh always glad that you join us. But uh when we talk about uh what happens with Kyrie Irving, I ultimately think if, you, if you're a betting man, bet that he stays in Brooklyn because financially that makes the most sense. I, and I think the other question for you, being such a massive fan of the Kadizzle, right. the KD trade, yeah. the Slim Reaper. Yeah, I mean, again, it, he, you know. change the camera for me. I mean, yeah. look at this guy's face. There he is. This is the face of somebody who chases rings. How are you not excited about it? Come on. You know. Come on. Um, I think if, if Kyrie leaves, I don't think Kevin Durant would leave Brooklyn. 
Yeah. I think if Kyrie leaves Brooklyn, I think it gives your boy Kevin Durant a real chance to to carry that club to a to a championship. Yeah, and the and the thing is, is he's running out of time, right? Like again, Kevin Durant's not getting younger, and in and I think that Kevin Durant, I, again, I've been a KD guy since Texas, since he played college ball at Texas Sonics. Like obviously, you guys know his career. That's that's how long I've been supporting the guy. But but I have to say, I have to agree. The guy has chased rings, and he won his ring, you know, uh, again, in in Golden State on a team that already had proven that it could win. So I just think that to add credibility, like there's no doubt he's a Hall of Famer, you know, like all that's already secured. But I think to secure his legacy, like what he will be remembered for, you got to win a ring on your own. And I think that yeah, to this to this point with the Kyrie thing, if Kyrie leaves, yeah, I think that opens opportunity for Kevin. If Kyrie yeah, I stays, I think that Kevin needs Joe Harris to stay healthy. I think Kevin needs his guys to stay healthy so he can have a full roster. Well, and speaking of Kevin Durant, who's going number one overall tonight uh, to Orlando? I have to believe it's Jabari Smith. I yeah. mean, that comparison, it Chet Holmgren, Chaboy, yeah. please. Big Chet fan. Keep your clothes on. Yeah. Uh, I know you're a big Chet fan. I am a big Chet uh, fan, but, man. But here's the problem with yeah. that, though. I'm telling you right now, my opinion is, is that Jabari Smith is much more Kevin Durant than Chet Holmgren is. And I think Jabari Smith is a guy, frankly, that Orlando cannot pass on. I mean, he's a guy that can defend. He does a great job staying poised and calm, keeps his feet on the floor when he's playing defense. Um, he is a really good shooter. He's a guy that can finish a little bit. He also has to grow. He's got to put muscle on. We get all that. I think Jabari Smith is the most NBA-ready player of the top three in this draft. It's him or Paulo Bancaro. Right. Um, I think Chet Holmgren is a development project. If it were me, I would absolutely take Jabari Smith one. I would take Bancaro two, and I would take Chaboy, Chet Holmgren. I would bump him down to three. Well, I think the way – so the way the picks line out, I actually think this works out really nice. And, and I don't disagree with that. I, I think, you know, first of all, let's start at the Kevin Durant comparison. So I actually think that Jabari Smith – and Chet Holmgren both have flashes of Kevin Durant. As I said yesterday, I think the big difference between the two is that Jabari Smith has a ton of athleticism that yeah. Chet just doesn't have. Yeah. However, I think Chet can be a lethal mid-range player. I think he's got good handle for his size. He can knock down jumpers. Like I obviously the guy's got to lift weights. Like all jokes aside, like he is not an NBA ready player physically the way that Jabari Smith and Paolo Bancaro are. And that's, that's his correct. biggest shortcoming. So while I am a big Chet fan, I have to agree that those two guys are more NBA ready. Now, in order, I have to agree also. I would go Jabari Smith. I would go Paolo Bancaro. Then I would go Chet Holmgren. But the way it's going to work out tonight, Orlando's going to take Jabari Smith. They'd be foolish not to. Oklahoma City's going to take Chet because I think he works out with what they already have better than Paolo does. And then the Rockets are going to take Bancaro. And I think that the Rockets are going to be the biggest winners in tonight's draft by well, selecting him. And by the way, thank you, uh, Hola Billy, who gives us $4.99. You cheapskate. Where's my penny? I should. Wow. I should pray. Hello, Billy. We appreciate you, my man. Uh, I'm kidding. Um, I The surprise, though, to me is why Paulo Bancaro is not going to go number one. I mean, I, and obviously because he plays at Duke. Duke is Duke. Duke is Duke. Coach um, K is not there anymore. Yeah, you know, you we saw a lot of Bancaro this year, and, and I just think his skill set's unbelievable. Um, he can shoot it. He can dunk it. I mean, you you look at the numbers, 6'10", 250 pounds. He's a beast, um, dude. I mean, Paulo Bancaro is going to be a star in this league. But, man, 
how do you pass on Jabari Smith? What is Jabari Smith's specs? What is what is he? What's his height and weight? Um, Jabari Smith is 6'10", 220. Um, he can create off the dribble. So you, he see, is so a, you, see, you see why they're comparing him to Kevin Durant. You can kind of see, yes. hey, like Kevin Durant is that 6'10", 7-footer guy who who's right in that same weight range. Who who's And again, I can't emphasize this enough, the athleticism. And again, we talk about this with the Jazz so much that they need more athleticism. Yes. Athleticism yes. is what wins ball games in big moments. That's what teams in the league crave right now. And so that's why I say when we're talking about in you know, hey, who's going to go number 1 number 1 overall in tonight's NBA draft? That's why I think Orlando wants Jabari because he does have that athleticism. Can you imagine the Utah Jazz with Jabari Smith? Bro I, I can't I don't even know but I, but okay but that I would think be amazing. it's a fair point but that's what I'm saying get the Rudy deal done get it done move on like get get past this like get it going because you need to there's so many opportunities tonight that that you could take advantage of potentially not Jabari Smith caliber opportunities obviously but they don't need Jabari Smith caliber guys right now they need guys who have athleticism that they can develop and by so, the way by the way adding Boncaro to uh to Houston Paulo Boncaro to Houston. Oh my They're God. only getting better, man. They're I, only I, I getting mean, better. How? How are I'm you gonna? Screwed. Yeah, how are you gonna defend that team? And I mean, right now, because you you look at the talent that Houston has. I I mean, and don't forget, don't forget, they moved on. on from Christian Wood, and Bancaro's gonna fill fill that slot. Which, by the way, how do you trade Christian Wood to Dallas if you're Houston? Because I think Christian Wood's upside is phenomenal. Well, they clearly didn't. Yeah. Well, so. and, and but I think this also goes into the Rudy Gobert conversation. It does. It, you know, it this does. is it's why the same it's, ideology. it's very difficult to have Rudy Gobert, the centerpiece of a championship caliber club. Yeah. Um, and I think that's why when you send him to Chicago with Zach Levine um, and you send him to Chicago with DeMar and with Lonzo and hey, you're missing the most important player, Alex Caruso Thank and you. his headman, you know, you. like this Thank is you. the thing in my mind that that. Makes it very difficult to hang on to him. Yeah. You know? um, what's up, Samuel Johnston? Appreciate it. $5 tip from Samuel Thank this you. morning. Appreciate he says, love you. the love the show. Any truth chance behind Gobert going to Minnesota possibly or another team more likely? I, just, I don't see the Minneapolis connection here. I And obviously, they want Carl Anthony Towns to play the four. I think it's much more likely that Atlanta and Minnesota make a trade and Clint Capella ends up. But again... This is a chance for the Jazz to be the third team in a big trade. Yes, it is. And I think if you are, if you are, if you're Minnesota, I don't think there's any doubt you'd, you'd likely rather have Rudy Gobert to Clint Capella. But he's making forty-one million dollars, and if you are Atlanta, wouldn't you love to add D'Angelo Russell to that rotation? Yes, you would. And if if you have Trey, DeAndre Hunter, and D'Angelo Russell, and you don't have, you know. A, 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 a guy like a Clint Capella, I mean, it makes it much easier in my mind to win if you're Atlanta. I mean, now John Collins, I think, has tremendous value. I don't think he has value as a five. I think he's a four. And if you trade for John Collins, the T-Wolves trade for John Collins, I mean, now Cat is the five there. But again, Carl Anthony Towns is a guy that is much like Joel Embiid. They may be big bodies, but they yeah. can play – they can, like Carl Anthony options. Towns. Yeah. Carl Anthony Towns can play the three, four, five. Yeah. Carl Anthony Towns is a guy that gives you flexibility. John Collins can defend the three, four, five. Yeah. And he can play offensively in a three, four, five set. So I think that gives you flexibility. Whereas if you trade for Rudy Gobert, I think he is your center. And he's a guy that's, again, 23% of your salary cap to play. God, that's a big number. 
25, 30 minutes, maybe. Maybe. Because to not be on the floor in the biggest moments. That's the question. And I don't necessarily believe that you need to take Rudy Gobert off the floor in game situations offensively. I just think you have to move him out of the paint in game situations. Well, we saw that adjustment on a Quinn. I mean, if we remember, we like we saw that direct adjustment of like, you know, all right, taking him off the floor didn't work, but keeping him on the floor is a liability. So how do we find that middle ground? And that was one of my favorite adjustments out of Quinn. But again, that's what I'm saying. Like these teams have a lot of opportunities to create flexibility. And I, think I would agree Jazz, with that. That's what the Jazz need. They need guys who can play multiple positions so they can attack you in different ways. And that's why, again, not to belabor the point, but I think, Samuel, you ask a really good question because when you talk about the names and you talk about who they're looking at, it's flexibility. That's why I think, I, you know, if I had to rank them right now, I saw somebody asking about my thoughts on the coach. I, I, I'm telling you, Will Hardy in, in Boston, I think Will Hardy, Adrian Griffin has a lot of value. There's no doubt about that. I think a lot of people are putting in, um, you know, I think a lot of people are putting in too much weight into the past in, in the former management of this organization with Griffin. But I think when you look at Will Hardy and you look at Johnny Bryant, and I think Johnny Bryant is going to be a phenomenal head coach if they hire him, I think it would be unbelievable. Those two guys want players who have positional flexibility. Yeah. So, and I, I think it's a must on this on this club. I, I, I truly do. Samuel, again, thanks for your tip. Really appreciate that. Uh, JC says, Jeff Hornacek should be our coach. Mm-mm-mm. Not a proven winner. Uh, and I Older. think you need young. Yeah. I think this organization needs a young, aggressive head coach. Well, the coach. NBA is showing you you need young. Yeah. With with who's at the top right now. And I would love to see Jeff Hornacek be on on somebody's staff as an assistant here. I would. I, I want mean, Steve Nash and Mike D'Antoni. That's the dynamic I want. I want Johnny Bryan yes. or Will Hardy, and then I want Hornacek as my lead yes, assistant. Yes, absolutely. And that's why I say, like, hiring a Frank Vogel, hiring a Terry Stotts to be your number one assistant, Yeah, I think is a, is a very smart All move. gas, no break. Um, all right. Keep your comments coming on the NBA draft, no doubt. We love talking that. Uh, but I want to get to a couple other things before we talk French fries. I, I, I want to talk about BYU Media Day real quick because if you missed it, uh, BYU had their media day yesterday. And the hype around Jaron Hall right now is significant. And he's, he looks fabulous. He mm. looks really good. Jaron Hall is a guy to me who's ready to step up and be one of the best quarterbacks in college football. And I think, Jake, if that is who he is and if he truly is in great shape and he's truly able to stay healthy, I don't see any reason that, that BYU can't play on New Year's Day. Yeah, I think that's a huge if, though. I mean, I, I think that it's 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 awesome. He does look great, and I do expect great things from him this season. But what are we not talking about? We're t not talking about the decision-making on the field when it's two yards to the first down marker and you've got a, 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 you know, a linebacker coming to take your head off. What decision well, it's does the he US, make? It's the USC situation last year is what you're talking about. I mean, yeah, he, or the ASU he, at the goal line situation. It, exactly right. That's the better one even. ASU, he's running down the, the sideline, cuts in to try and get into the end zone, and he's out for three weeks because he he, he fractures ribs there. I'll drop that like, he, he At some point, every quarterback matures. Correct. And they step out of bounds. And that's what I'm hoping for out of Jaron Hall this year. I have no doubt I would agree. that Jaron Hall has worked his ass off this summer. No doubts that... He has the capability. He's He is a mobile, obviously, he's a mobile quarterback. He's got a good arm on him. I think that he has great leadership qualities based on what we saw last year. But I I want 
again, I much like Donovan Mitchell, I want to see BYU number one quarterback, Jaron Hall, make the adjustment. Stop trying to take on the linebacker. Make the correct read. Don't force the football into, into too deep safety double coverage. Don't show me that. Show me you're willing to check it down. Show me you're willing to step out of bounds. Show me you're willing to hand it off to Katoa and in, in, in get that first down as opposed to trying to be a hero and audibling out of the play. Like, show me you've matured. And then at that point, I think BYU can do big things. I agree. There's no reason they shouldn't be playing on New Year's Day. No reason at all. 100% should be there. But that's all going to come down to is, is he healthy for the full slate of games? Well, and I also think, you know, there, there is a question about the – you know, the viability of of a guy like Jaron Hall for an entire season, it's make or break time, right? I mean, you, you look at the talent he has. Um, I mean, I have huge hopes for Gunnar Romer, Romney. Gunnar Romney. Mm-hmm. I think this is a huge season for him. Yep. Um, and I think when, when you look at the talent that he has at wide receiver and uh, a, a, you know, you're going to have to have running back step up, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, you don't replace the caliber of running back BYU is replacing and not have a fall off. But I think one of the things we need to be careful about when we talk about BYU football this year is how much hype is too much hype on Jaron Hall? Because if your offensive line can't stay healthy, Jaron Hall's not going to stay healthy. Correct. And I think if your offensive line can't stay healthy, your wide receivers are a little slower. Right. I mean, you've got to find a way to keep this offensive line healthy. And by most people's account, BYU has put an entire offseason into really refining their off field conditioning and strength training. And if they've done that and I think they have and I know that Kalani values it at a very high level. If BYU has done that in this offensive line and, and, and quarterbacks and running backs really trench play on the whole. Um, if they can stay healthy, I, I, there's no reason this team can't be playing on New Year's Day. And frankly, I, I, that would be my expectation that that this team would would play. Um, you know, like I, I think so. And this is what I said about Utah last year. The expectation last year with your quarterback situation should not have been Rose Bowl, Pac-12 championship in Rose Bowl. Mm-hmm. But Cam Rising did such an incredible job stepping in for Noodle Arm Quitter Kid. I think that Cam Rising has the opportunity now to be the number one guy for the entire season. Yeah. Expectations go up, right? It's Kyle Whittingham. Ex- Gesundheit. I expectations, almost died. Thank you. But you didn't. Did yes. you die, though? No, I didn't. But expectations <laughs> have to go up. And, I, and that's why I say I think this year we have an opportunity in the state of Utah to realize one of the best seasons in the history of college football in this state. Yep. And – you know, one of the, the other things I think that I, I got so much out of yesterday at BYU Media Day, and any Utah football fan can relate to this, the hype around the Big 12 move, you're not in the Big 12 yet. Yeah. You're not. You got work to do. You better win football games this year because you're going into a league where you're probably going to be mid-table the minute you walk into that league because I think everybody thinks with old Oklahoma and Texas walking away from the Big 12 that all of a sudden that the, the Big 12 is going to become this league uh, that nobody you know has to worry about. Well, I got news for you. The Big 12 in football is a lot deeper than most people think. Yeah. And I know that BYU is very talented and they're recruiting their asses off right now. But I'd remind you, you got to win games this year. Yeah, I don't want to see the Baylor game happen again. 
I'm not interested in it. I'm not interested in in just obvious uh, disrespect being laid out by a defense that doesn't respect Jaron Hall's ability to throw the football down the field. Do you think we forgot about that? I didn't forget about that. Any BYU fans shouldn't have forgotten about that. You remember? You remember? Baylor playing playing basically too deep the whole game because because they don't have to fear uh, uh, Jaron Hall running the football at all. Yeah, like we don't we I haven't forgotten about that. He's got to be healthy. Jaron Hall yeah. is not Jaron Hall has not shown the ability to play hurt and play at a high level hurt. Yeah, in my opinion, I think that if Jaron Hall can stay healthy, there's no reason. And I know I'm probably way over the top with this, and it's going to piss off Utah fans. But if Jaron Hall stays healthy. He should be in New York on a on a Saturday afternoon in 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 November. Well, that depends November. if he wins football games. Or excuse games. me, December. That depends if they win football well, games. Well, and if Jaron Hall stays healthy, there's a real good chance BYU is going to be a one or two loss team. Yeah, by the I way, hope so yeah, I hope so. By the but, way, yeah. By the way, yeah. The Stanford series kind of went away. Mm-hmm. You're going to play this year in Palo Alto, and then the return game. It's next year, right? Or no, it's in two years. Oh, wait. No, it's in three. Oh, wait. It's in 2031. Texas, me. The home-at-home return game in in in, uh, in Provo is 2031? I personally would like an apology. It's disrespectful, bro. Get damn, man. What do you think of USC? Oh, man. I think USC is going to win the Pac-12. That's what I think. And I know that... I know a lot of people are going to say I'm crazy, um, but... They're really talented. And college football is college football is a, a quarterback game. And USC, their transfer portal work. By the way, they hired a head coach you might have heard of in Lincoln Riley. USC is going to be very good. Yeah. I think Utah and USC are the class of the Pac twelve. Agreed. And you know, I, I look at I look at historically Oregon's good. They're going through a lot of change there. Historically, Washington's good. They're going through a lot of change there. I look at UCLA. UCLA should have been good for the last three years. They haven't been. ASU's in the crapper. I think Arizona's going to be much better. This league's going to come yeah, down but to it's U- Arizona. US. Yeah. But but this league is going to come down to Utah and USC. Yeah. And I think I always am going to favor Utah on the side of Kyle Whittingham's defense and Cam Rising, a veteran quarterback. You you USC is going to be very good. Yeah. And I, I know that's not going to thrill a lot of people, but yeah. And I'd love to hear your predictions, uh, what you guys think. And obviously we're going to talk a lot more. So uh, Greg Hawkins says, I remember when last season we were still debating Jaron Hall versus Baylor Romney. I, I, I am telling you Baylor Romney should have played a hell of a lot more football than he did. Yeah. And remember, just my opinion, remember the other thing that the other reason why Jaron Hall needs to step up and be the guy, they don't have much behind him. Jacob yeah. Conover is the only thing sitting behind him right now. Uh, Jeremy Bolton says, Greg, yep, Hawkins, yep. Uh, USC has been Pac-12 preseason champions for the past 20 years, but they haven't. And that's the narcissistic, hey, let me poke the bear up I, on the I hill. I mean, I can't say that he's wrong, bro. But, U- but USC has there been hasn't at. been an expectation. If we're truth-telling on this show, and, and again, generally, what do you guys count on us for? To tell you the truth about sports in Salt Lake City. And if that we hate Rudy Gobert. Yeah, prick. If we're, <laughs> I'm kidding kidding if we're telling the truth on the pac 12 when's the last time you really expected usc to be elite Hmm. it's been a long time it's been a Um. long time and the last time that they were this good a guy named pete carroll was a head coach at usc you know so yeah i mean and reggie was getting paid there hasn't been an expectation 
for this team to win a championship. Yeah. This year at in USC, and trust me, my good friend Chad Hagobalobian and um, many of my my USC compatriots, speaking of pricks, uh, um, there's no worse fan than a USC football fan. Mm-hmm. Um, but my USC f- friends, and I probably have a 1,000, I don't have that many friends. Hello, People don't like me. Anyway, the point is, right, all the right. USC fans I know, oh, we're winning a championship, championship or bust. Well, good luck with that. Who the f*** is that guy? But the expectation is that in South Central, they're going to win a championship. Yeah. So, you know. That's just what I'm saying. Um, real quick, because I think this is a huge story. I want to talk about this Roger Goodale fund. Roger Goodale. Roger Goodell testified before Congress yesterday. Daniel Snyder, the owner of the Washington football team, who I will not call the commanders, was on a yacht in France. Mm -hmm. Wonder why. And he has refused to come before Congress and testify, who now is being forced to take the unprecedented step of subpoenaing, issuing a subpoena, excuse me, subpoenaing, that sounds too (laughs) close to peening, um, issuing a subpoena for an NFL owner because that owner refuses to testify in front of Congress. And now this Congress is going to have to subpoena Daniel Snyder, Mm -hmm. who is going to have to sit in front of Congress and likely plead the fifth so that he doesn't have to incriminate himself. Don't lie to me. And I thought the other thing that was very interesting was that Roger Goodale yesterday, Roger Goodale yesterday said he does not have the power to remove Daniel Snyder. And he's right. Don't lie to me. Technically, he doesn't. It takes three quarters of the NFL owners to vote to remove Daniel Snyder. Yeah, which is never going to happen. But at what point do we start holding Roger Goodell accountable for being a fraud? In what sense? In the sense that I understand he works for the owners, and Mm -hmm. his job is to protect the best interest of the NFL owners. But are you doing that by shielding and protecting Daniel Snyder right now? You're not. Daniel Snyder is a misogynist. Daniel Snyder is, in my opinion, a sexual predator. Mm -hmm. Daniel Snyder facilitates an atmosphere where nobody cares about the safety of cheerleaders, female employees, female sponsors, any female on the planet with a vagina is open season around the Washington football team. Mm -hmm. And it brings me to a point where, and I know I've talked about this in the past, but how responsible are we as NFL fans for the behavior that's being condoned and allowed by NFL players and owners. Because again, how many times this offseason, and, it, and it's it's been too many, whether it's Henry Ruggs in Las Vegas, or whether Jesus. it's Daniel Snyder in Washington, or whether it's Ray Rice, or whether it's any of these other Ray guys, Hardy. right? Whether it's any of these other guys that continue to beat and abuse women, that continue to to get DUIs where they get into a car crash that ends up with another human being dead, where we continue to hear stories about over-sexualized men attacking female cheerleaders and sending those cheerleaders to events to sexually pleasure sponsors. Mm -hmm. I am a guy that subscribes to the NFL Sunday ticket. I'm a passionate Chicago Bears fan, and I am responsible for Daniel Snyder's behavior. On On a very small, low level, as a fan who puts money into the NFL, I am responsible for Daniel Snyder's behavior. Well said. And I know that that's probably crazy talk, but at some point we're all going to understand that we have to, we have to value women. Yeah, I think I think that this is a really tough thing. Like I think that 
I don't disagree that, you know, for those of us, you know, who subscribe to the Sunday ticket and, you know, even watching the game and, and you know, getting the advertisers value because that makes the NFL money, obviously, like even even that, I mean, on some level, we contribute to what's happening. But but I think the overreaching point here is that, you know, Roger Goodale needs to recommend that they vote him that they, you know, vote him out or whatever like that step needs to be taken and I think anything less than that is improper all of this on top of Deshaun Watson like it's a really bad time in the league right now well I would like to introduce my um my lovely bride let me tilt that camera whoa down. hey there's her rack wow uh, wow like, you whoa. just said that whoa sorry wow you little just said too, that little too wow. Daniel you little just too said Daniel that. Snyder right there wow that's so aggressive I, I know Mrs. Monty, uh, happy anniversary to you my love what would uh what happy would you like to what would you like to add here I agree with Jake that Goodell has an opportunity to influence. Roger Goodell. Because people are really disappointed. And he was reached out to from the attorneys, from some of the people who were represented, that said that they were really disappointed. The, the victims involved were really disappointed that Goodell said that, um, you know, that he, what was the quote, that, uh, that he's been held accountable. Mm-hmm. And this is just... This is just money making money because the owners aren't going to vote him out. Who are the owners? What else have they been doing? Facts. They're not going to vote him out. No. Because it just turns the camera back on them to be under the microscope. And they're not going to do it. But it is disheartening. It really is. It's disheartening that there's such a low value to the women who really have supported these teams and have brought attention, have brought the money, and they just but, throw it aside. And, and not to go too far with this, but I mean, this is one of those things where I look at and I say, you know, this is why when we have, you know, when we over-sexualize young men in this country and, you know, we don't take that seriously and we're like, oh, this is a sports show. Well, because this is the repercussion of allowing your kids to have their cell phones at 10-year-old 10 years old alone in their rooms at but, night in the dark. That's where this starts and ends. Yeah, I guess. But I think, I think like to me, the bigger issue is that NFL owners can do whatever the hell they want. Yeah. I mean, there's no, there's no rules or accountability for NFL owners, whether we're talking about being racist and blackballing totally Colin agree. Kaepernick or whatever the case may be. It, yeah. The, the last thing I'll say about it that I, I don't know if it goes back to the, you know, porn with your cell phone, but um, I think it does go back to long history of um, men in a in a powerful position in which we look at sports, professional sports in this nation are far above philanthropists. Yes. We look at athletes and owners of sports teams, anyone in professional sports, far above people who are doing really good work. And we give them a pass. This is a problem of a person who believes they are in power that they can take what we want. And it goes back to, I won't say it. Nope, I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to say it. But if you're going to be in a, a locker room attitude and say that you're going to grab someone by the, this is what it goes back to. <laughs> it goes back to a culture of men being told it's okay. You're the man. Go and take it. And it's not okay. Yeah. Did we are you, your did, equals. Did you just make a reference to? to uh, nope, the, we're not going the there. It, it just didn't, I needed to get a little piece in, but that was it. So did he. <laughs> That's all he has is a little piece, and Stormy testified. And to that JC, J, JC says, "Here we go." <laughs> I 
that's all. I no, that's it. I leave it there. There we go. I leave it there. But we are your equals. Stop treating us as if we are something you can take or demand action from. You know, they're going to send a whole bunch of men around to go and you know treat athletes. Okay, look, if you're pissed, there's Mrs. Monty's TikTok um, on the screen. She um, explores Utah, like you know. <laughs> I mean, go, go, go have your way, you know. We do, might need a highlight uh, yeah. reel, James. Do your yeah, thing. Yeah, we, we might have to make a highlight reel out a of this. piece. I might have to cut some drops out of this segment, man. My, you know, maybe, you know. but can, can we get real and talk food on this show now? Yeah, because, yeah come on. Um, there was a study or a, a poll, Fat. a study. Uh, a, stu- a study was very scientific. Hey, you know, Wait, yeah. like, yeah, hey, you're yeah. fat. Okay, right now, before you get into these what? lists, off the top of your head, what are your favorite right French now, fries? Right now, okay, Just, so like, the, the, top the, of your head. the subject is, what are who has the best fast food French fries? Mrs. Montego. Oh, it's Five Guys Cajun Fries. Cajun? God, what is it with you and spicy food? Did I not just say this I yesterday? want my paprika. Did I? Exactly. <laughs> Did we not just talk about the paprika Twitter Pat. machine over there? We just talked about the fact you smother your food in hot sauce. Five Guys Cajun Fries. Yeah, every uh, time we go to Five Guys, she's like, yeah, I'll, I'll take the Cajun Fries. Give me the Cajun fries. That was like, did you? That was like a little jingle. <laughs> Five guys Cajun you. fries. Five that was well done. Cajun fries. Yeah, You're welcome. You know, that's but like the, a marketing thing. The best fast food fries. Um, there was a there was a poll done, mm-hmm. um, and this is by eatthis.com, which is a major food website. Yeah, and here's their list. Here's how they graded them. Um, evaluated fast food fries based on texture and taste. When it comes to French fries, everyone is different. Some like them crunchy, while others like them softer and moist. No Your one thoughts. likes a soggy fry. <laughs> I'm just saying. And I don't know about a moist fry. That just I want wrong. my fry to be moist. That is like along the line of a soggy, and that's wrong. But you know what the other thing is I'll say, though, about fries? How many times did we years ago go to a grocery store and you can get those really big, thick, like steak fries? Oh, or oh, in right, a plastic bag. Oh, you know, yeah, like at the hot counter, you know. Oh, oh yeah, oh, the yeah, pre-cooked yeah. ones, oh, the yeah, the yeah. ones that are like by the like the terrible looking. They're, they're on the wedges. heat table. The, they're like wedges. The, the, the wedges. The wedges. Like the the wedges. Steak fry wedges. Yeah, next to yes. the fried chicken. Yeah, that stuff's good. That yeah. it is. It's not good. For you, but no. it's good. You can get a plastic no. bag of, you know, chicken or meatloaf and those steak no. sandwiches. <laughs> you know, Greg Hawkins wants to know who likes moist French fries. Nobody. Ugh. Nobody. Why would you do that? Nobody. Um, you know, I just it is what it is. It is what it is. So here's your top five according to Eat This. And number five is controversial. Because I think their fries suck. Mm-hmm. And it's one of the reasons that I haven't had Chick-fil-A oh, in forever. Don't, Chick-fil-A French on. fries. They're waffle-cut French fries. They are good. The no, they're not. French fries but are bullshit. No, it's not. It's they're a terrible. tasty item. I just can't support their business. But you, yeah. you, what? the thing that I think yeah. Chick-fil-A has going for it in this game is the dipping sauces. Oh, yeah. Because the barbecue sauce at Chick-fil-A is next level. Is and it, Chick-fil-A sauce is fire, dude. Chick-fil-A sauce, their honey mustard is Mrs. bomb. Mrs. No, why are the you Chick-fil-A throwing Chick-fil-A sauce that whatever mixture It's honey mustard. Of it. It's like a honey mustard. Yeah. It's not honey mustard. It's something weird. There's something weird about that. I don't but like But don't it. you like their Hawaiian sauce? I, their Hawaiian sauce, their barbecue sauce, they I in general, I like their food. I can't support their business. Yeah. Waffle uh, fries I, are delicious. Their waffle fries suck. Number 4 is I just think they're too thick and too many times like Greg Hawkins said they're, oh, they're moist. It's too thick. Um, uh, it's too thick um, and they're moist. Um Anyway, uh, awkward. 
Word. Uh, number four, Five Guys. Okay, so Five Guys, Cajun let, Fries. Let's let's get it. Let's five get into guys, this. Exactly right. Let's get into this a little bit because I think Five Guys, by far, it ain't close. Has the best fast food fries. Yeah. Number one, they give you a ton of them. Facts. When you order them in the bag, they like pour another half cup in there, which I love. Yeah. I'm yeah. Well, and the other thing is, is the the fries that they pour on top keep your food warm, yes. which I think is an awesome hack. Yes, like yeah. doing that keeps everything warm. I love it. Yeah, yeah I, I totally agree. And the other thing is, they actually crisp them up. Mm-hmm. They don't like undercook them. Let's say like a I don't know, um, um, In and Out. I think In and Out has terrible French fries. I just think they're tasteless. Like the In and Out fries are just bland. And I like. Much to Mrs. Monty's point about spicy fries at Five Guys. They're not spicy fries. They're Cajun, please. Oh, excuse me. Paprika. It's Cajun um, fries. It's, it's, it's Cajun the fries. The proper nomenclature is Cajun. You know. Yeah. Anyway, um, their their seasoning at Five Guys is on point. Yeah. I really yeah. like that they, they fry them deep. They, hey, no. Oh. They, uh, wow. Grow up. Wow. <laughs> this is a family show. No, it's not. It's not a family show. I mean, technically it is. We're hey guys, a family. You know, um, you know, but what my point is, Yeah. I like that they fry them nice and crispy. I like that they're fresh cut French fries. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like that they season them well. And then you package that with the burger and it's just as. Package. Dude. Package. Jeremy Bolton dude. says five guys can't have the best fries now. Because it costs you like twenty dollars to get them. Yes, okay. It does. I think it's a fair now, conversation. That's a great point. Fair conversation. That's a great point because it is super expensive to to get five guys. Yes. I, but I, and I will say, JCW's French fries locally, mm-hmm. I really like them. Um, John Jackson says Chick Fil A fries can't be eaten by itself. You must have a dipping sauce. Totally agreed. Agree. Totally agree agreed. on that. Checkers has some slept on fries. One round left says. See, Checkers is in the Checkers grade, in Utah? I don't know, but it's in Zion, Illinois, where yeah. all the deadbeats live. Yeah. Um, I love Checkers. I'm a huge fan of Checkers. I, I, I One round left. I am a huge fan of Checkers. All right. So we have established the awesomeness of Five Guys. Number three on this, le- uh, on this list from Eat This, Not That, of the best fast food French fries. This one's a little surprising. Mm-hmm. Arby's. Get the hell out of here. <laughs> Arby's, the hell out of here with that. curly fries, right? Didn't they define it's curly? Come on. Curly <laughs> fries at Arby's? It is. It is. It is. Um, nothing beats the spiced curly fries and topping that off uh, are the Jamocha shake. Oh, he don't know nothing. Oh, Unfortunately, the fries on taste what? test day were underwhelming and not quite enough to hit the top two spots in our test. <laughs> this is a tasty burger. The When's the last three, time but... any of us... When's the last I, time any of us went to Arby's? I haven't. When's the last time you had a curly fry? Oh man, I haven't had Who a curly else fry. Who used to have curly fries? Jack. Uh, oh yeah. Jack in the box. Jack. Yeah. Yes. Jack in the box. I yeah. like their curly fries. Their fries are good. Yes. Not in this list, which no, is amazing. They're not that good. They need to Obby. open it up here in Salt Lake. I'm pissed about they it. They do. It's time. Obby. It's time. Yeah, totally. Avi. I want my ultimate cheeseburger. Yeah, me too. All right. What's the next one? Number two, Mac D's nuts. Uh, Mac Mc- D's nuts. Oh, I think it's pronounced McDonald's. My oh, bad. okay. Uh, McDonald's it. fries are always a crowd favorite. Why? Okay. Why? Here's a funny story, though. So when we lived in L.A. Uh, and we have some family members who owned a production company and they would always do these massive parties before the Oscars and McDonald's would come. It was uh, like a big fundraiser event. They would come every year and they would have their fries. And I tell you, celebrities eat them up. Like women in, you know, Oscar gowns yeah. dig on McDonald's French fries. Ooh, Chase makes a really good point. 
go to Cubby's and try their buffalo fries. Mm. I actually like the fries. At Nobody Cubby's. in the fast food game is doing loaded fries. No, not and not well, by the way. But um, I don't remember Cubby's fries. Oh, uh, they're maybe? rosemary. They're rosemary garlic fries. Oh, remember? Yeah, I did. And we like have those. a Cubby's at the district here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, in South Jordan, but... that, that I think are actually uh, really good. Yeah. Um, Casey Green says, "How about a Don poster on Funko Pop figure on the shelf? Maybe something jazz related, fellas. Love the show. Don't forget about the fans in Wyoming. Love you, Evanston. Yes. Um, Holabilly uh, says, "Arby's curly fries are better than Five Guys fries." Okay, I haven't had Arby's curly tomorrow, fries. Tomorrow is Friday. So maybe maybe, maybe it's French need, Friday. Maybe we just need so to get you, some fries I, you, and I, figure that out. I said it was French Friday. See what Friday? he did there? It's French, French fries French. and then Friday, and then he put it together, French, and it all French. works. You, 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 you get it now? French, French. You're right. funny. Okay. okay. Wow. Okay. Um, right. So McDonald's is number two. Number one, and this one is amazing. Um, I will admit, under the desk, I am aroused. Because <laughs> according to Eat This, Not That, the number one fry in the fast food game, Shake Shack. Come on. What? That is not no. What the no. What? what were you expecting? Portillos, dog. Portillos. Portillos. How's Portillos like not on this list? Ninth. Come Portillos on, man. Portillos was ninth. The 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 crinkle cut fries at Shake Shack are amazing. <laughs> they're good. They're not amazing. Like, come on. They're amazing. <laughs> they are amazing. They <laughs> they are amazing. No, not buying it. No. No. Um. Ru- one mean? round left says LMAO at the Pulp Fiction drop. Exactly right. Exactly right. Um, I, yeah, I don't know. Um, Jeremy Bolton says Shake Shack. What? What? Okay, what? Wait. So on another list, as we were doing our due diligence and research to ensure that we were bringing you a quality topic. That's a lie. That's a lie. <laughs> um, <laughs> KFC fries. I'd yes. love to hear from our yes. uh, listeners or viewers. Uh, no. KFC fries? I haven't had, yeah, KFC fries is an interesting one. I haven't had Kentucky is KFC still good? Like, is their fried chicken still good? Like, I, I, haven't I have KFC not had decades. fried chicken. And, and as a kid, and when I mean kid, kid, like I must have been 10 years old. Mm-hmm. Every week, once a week, and I want to say it was like Saturday or Friday or whatever, we'd go to the Kentucky Fried Chicken in Northbrook, Illinois. Yeah. And so I'd have mashed potatoes and fried chicken, and that's why I'm fat. My mom hates me. But anyway, the point is, um, I haven't had fried chicken. Fat. When's the last time you guys had fried chicken? Been a long time, bro. Man, long time. Yeah. I can't. I honestly can't remember. I yeah. can't remember the last time I had fried chicken. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I I truly can't. Do we even have Shake Shack here? Yes, Alex in yeah, uh, dude. Murray State Street. There's one. There's two. There's, there's one. Several. It, there's a cup. There's one at the mall. There's in one at the mall off State Street. There's and then another the one, one by. Um, there's another one by the dealerships off State Street as well. By in that yeah, old renovated building. Yeah, by, yeah that's the, the one. Yeah, the, it's right by the Shields Schoolhouse. By, yeah. by, by the Shields. But the old schoolhouse. Yeah. Yeah. yeah by yeah. Mobetta. It's across the street from the Sinclair. Yes. Yes, well, it is. That Sinclair gone. Yeah. That. Know. Yeah. Is it? It's not a Sinclair anymore. It's no. Like it's a like gone. Gone. Like they closed it. It's like what do you mean? Oh, the last time we drove by, did you not notice? I was like, holy cow. Wow. That's gone. I did not notice. But anyways, okay. by the Costco. Yeah. KF, yeah. Uh, Jeremy Bolton says KFC has fries. Um, I, there is a Shake Shack just north on 106 there in Draper on State Street. There yes. Is, yes. Okay. Uh, Mike Phillips says uh, there's a Shake Shack right in front of Fashion Place Mall. Yes. Yeah. That's exactly what he was right. referencing. Yeah. Exactly uh, right. Yes. In front of Fashion Yeah. Anyways. By by the Cheesecake yeah. Factory. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. There's yeah. a lot. Um, Alex Chacon says, damn, I got to get out of downtown more often. But you do have the best Harmons downtown. Mm. By the way, Church's uh, Chicken. Ooh, I haven't been to a Church's Chicken ever, I don't think. No. I'm not sure. 
Um, but I, I could be wrong about that. Everybody's saying fashion play small. Uh, John Jackson says, when I was a kid, I loved KFC mashed potatoes and their gravy. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. When I was a kid, Jesus. you have to oh, make like the, the little like mashed potato lake with the gravy. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, you know, yes. you can dip your chicken in that. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. So good. Uh, when uh, Let's see. Uh, Jeremy Bolton says they leveled that Sinclair there. No. Yes, they did. I'm pretty yeah, I sure don't, that when I we don't drove by, that. it was an empty no. lot. I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, Jake R. says, if I send you a Carmelone Funko, would you put it in the backdrop? No. I would put his kid's Funko Pop in the backdrop. Yeah, we would definitely one, send it. We would put it on the backdrop. Bro. Yeah. I, yeah. We, trust me. Save your, I, and we really appreciate you guys offering to contribute. Massive changes are coming to this set. Yeah. So uh, save it, please. Uh, Mike Phillips says Nashville hot chicken sandwich and crinkle fries at Pretty Bird is chef's kiss. There you go. We've not been to a Pretty yeah. Bird. Spitz fries are the best. Talking with Raphael podcast says uh, John Jackson said it's called the volcano. <laughs> okay. No, the no the potatoes with the gravy. Oh yeah, it's yeah, a volcano. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I okay. get yeah. I like that. Okay. Hullabilly says Popeyes is better than churches. Churches is better than grocery store fried chicken is better than starvation is better than KFC. Wow. Oh, wow. ow. So what you saying Tell is, me how you really feel, yeah, bro. Yeah. What, what you're saying is you're not you're not rating that. Somebody's not a KFC fan. So Okay. We you know, go. uh right. real quick, by the way, today is our twenty first wedding anniversary, Mrs. Monty. You guys need it a room is. or no, we have a room. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, so you picked out a, uh, an Italian restaurant. Where are we going to dinner tonight? We're going to Cecilia Mia. If you haven't been, there's mm. two of them. Um, I believe it's like Murray and also in Farmington. I Where is the Italian? Um, my mom and a friend. It was Where's the some of the best Italian that we've had. Yes. So I'm taking uh, Mr. Monty for our anniversary. Twenty one years. Twenty one years. You and have been shackled with my awesome. You have not killed me and buried me in the backyard yet. Well, I Cold thought about clean, it. I just, I, the problem is then I'd have to do some exercise and dig the hole. And, right, right. Digging know. the hole is always tough. Yeah. <laughs> I do have a mud shovel, though. Wow. Uh, what? Wow. What? You did not just what? say that. What? <laughs> what do you mean? Jesus. What are you talking about? I don't know what you mean. Hey, that's it. Show's over. Um, as NBA news breaks, we you can look for us. Um, if the Jazz make a trade, we will uh, go live on this channel again today to analyze that and break it down. Um, I would encourage you to stay close. Obviously, um, there's going to be a lot of draft news and jazz news today. Make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram, The Monty Show, M-O-N-T-Y, The Monty Show. You can find Jake at SLC Supercars. Until tomorrow morning, say goodbye, Jake. Goodbye, Jake.